This is The New Digital Customer, a podcast that brings you insightful and inspiring conversations with customer-focused leaders who are transforming and innovating customer experience. And now your hosts, the CEO and Chief Product Officer of Brightloom, Adam Brotman and Ben Straley. Hey there, Adam. How are you? Hey, Ben. I'm good. I'm glad to be back on the show with you today. We have a very exciting guest today. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm fired up every time I hear that music. I get all uh, excited <laughs> for our uh, weekly conversation. <laughs> totally puts us in the mood. Yeah. Um, well, look, I'm I'm really proud to say that we've got Alex Wheeler here, uh, former CMO of Blue Nile, former Vice President of Global Digital Marketing at Starbucks. Uh, you know, I I had and so did you, Ben, had the privilege of working with Alex for many years at Starbucks. Um, I, I like to tell people, Ben, that you're the best uh, product leader I've ever met. Uh, and, and I tell people all the time, even when Alex isn't on the line with me, that she's the best digital marketer I've ever met. And so uh, so for all of you that are listening to this podcast, all, all the thousands and hundreds of thousands of you, uh, you're in for a real treat. You've got uh, two of the best digital athletes I've ever met on one podcast. So that's, it's, uh, it's a little too much to handle, but I think we can all do it. So Alex, <laughs> glad to have you here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. That's great. Hey, can you, can you just give everybody a quick, uh, you know, a couple minutes on your background uh, and some of the things that you've worked on in your career? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, so I'm a Seattle native went to the University of Washington and have always been focused on communications. Uh, I started at a web marketing firm in the sort of mid late nineties dot com boom era, which was great drinking from the fire hose and really kind of learning the early days of digital. I think one of the coolest things that we did there was uh, launch the first internet pharmacy, which eventually was acquired by CVS. Uh, but we also did really cool uh, movie premieres, you know, launching uh, Nintendo game experiences that complement the product. I then moved over to Colin Weber, which is a local agency and was there for about seven years. So 10 years on the agency side. My role at Colin Weber was really to help the agency integrate digital thinking into a very traditional agency environment. <clears throat> One of the cool things there was building the first cost per lead uh, media model for our client, University of Phoenix Online. So you can blame me for pop-ups and pop-unders back in the 2000s. Uh, but I really, I, I had a strong heart and desire for integrated marketing and really coming at it from a customer-centric point of view. So the back half of my tenure that was really focused on doing uh, integrated uh, marketing and we did some early influencer work for uh, Dell when we were launching their Dell Diddy, which seems funny now to think about, you know, getting crushed by the iPod. Um, I had the pleasure of working at Starbucks for a little over a decade, and uh, it was a really meaningful experience for me. I got to do so much while I was there. Uh, I built the global digital marketing team, as you referenced, which is really think about it as like an internal agency and, uh, you know, Spanning strategy, creative insights, social media, and really um, bringing our thought leadership around digital to not only just promote the seasonal promotions or, or, or things in the store, make Frappuccino amazing, but also to really express the shared values of the brand. Um, and I think that that was a very important centering for me to uh, at Starbucks and with Howard Schultz. 
like to really understand that humanity can sit at the middle of our work um, and then that's important. So that really resonated with me. Um, the other really big piece of, of work I did at Starbucks was uh, leading the Starbucks rewards marketing efforts. Uh, and that was everything from acquisition, driving a membership to, okay, how do we engage people in the program and keep that uh, fun and light? So that was a great experience. It also included one-to-one -one marketing and so then and out of, as you guys know, we built this massive one-to-one -one marketing engine and uh, that was a pretty cool experience to hang our hat on. So uh, I then took a year plan sabbatical to hang out with my kids to travel and remember traveling was not cool when we could do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, after some consulting landed uh, at Blue Nile as a CMO and really, you know, was targeting a direct to consumer e-com brand. Um, and that one has also local roots in Seattle, uh, 20 years old, but really needed to, it, it was a category disruptor, but 20 years later, it needed to really disrupt again. And so <clears throat> I, uh, I really enjoyed that experience, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a quick, quick and dirty, I guess. Yeah, that's, <laughs> my, no, it's, ama it's an amazing, <laughs> it's an amazing and very relevant background. In fact, it's in, in full disclosure to the listeners, uh, Alex is now working with Ben and I at Brightloom. And, and so I don't want to, um, you know, hide that fact. We're very proud of that fact, but you know, it actually, um, reminds me of how when I first met you, when I first came to Starbucks and you were, uh, you know, running the digital marketing efforts at Starbucks. And I learned a ton from you. I mean, one of the, one of the key things I learned from you um, amongst many was this, just to really make sure that when you think about digital engagement with the customer, that you frame it in terms of a relationship with the customer, that it's not transactional. It's not, um, it, this isn't about, you know, just uh, X's and O's and ones and zeros that you really have to think about the, the humanity, like you said, of what it means to have a great relationship and how digital can enhance and extend that customer relationship. And so I've, I have completely stolen that line from you over the years. Um, I'm just telling the world right now, I'm giving you credit for that. But I, I want to, I want to ask you and frankly, Ben as well. I mean, now, Ben, you're the co-host of this show, but I'm going to turn you into a uh, somebody alongside of Alex that we can we can talk about some th some things with. I want to ask both of you, you know, if you think about the importance of, a, of of how you can use digital to extend and enhance the customer relationship, that's been true since the time I met you, Alex. It's it's still true today. But um, I'd love to get a sense from from both of you, maybe starting with you, Alex, and then Ben. You can we can kind of start a conversation here. What what has what does that mean? in a world where now the digital relationship is the primary relationship, maybe, maybe forever, but certainly right now in this COVID era, you've got this new digital customer, this acceleration of digital. It's the primary means of engaging with customers. You know, what, what's changed? What's still the same? I'd love to kind of get your guys' thoughts on that. I, I think I'd start from a customer centric or consumer centric point of view, which is really first and foremost, a mindset shift and, people sort of fall into different territories on that mind shift, whether you're, you know, hoarding and trying to get everything at home or you are actually out and about, you know, not worried about it. So I think for different businesses and different brands, really understanding and listening to your customers and meeting them where they're at and understanding that frankly, every brand, every company now is a healthcare brand. Like you have to take care of your people and really demonstrate that 
but you really have to show how you're taking care of your customers and, and creating a safe experience and environment for them. Uh, I think that you know it certainly is going to accelerate the digital roadmap for any company. And really, uh, I, I do go back. I still harken back to uh, you know I used to get religious about the whole uh, you know putting the customer at the center and thinking about the relationship being the entire like a fully dimensional relationship. It's not just pounding them with offers and promotions. It is about connecting over shared values. It is about understanding where your customers are struggling and how you can help. Um, you know, so there's there are some massive, I think, mindset shifts uh, and healthcare at the center of that from a safety and experience. But then I think about things like media and the media landscape, and that has materially changed overnight. Um, you know, there's no sports, no live sports right now. There's, you know, that's a huge place that um, advertisers were were advertising. So it's, it's you know you have to really think about what then does my new media strategy look like? So there's lots of things like I probably could go on, but um, no, that's really, that that (laughs) is really interesting. Ben, what do you think? Yeah, I, um, I love this conversation because it, uh, it takes me back to, um, uh, the work that we did at Starbucks. And one of the things that I loved about being a part of the, of that work was, um, for the first time for me, anyway, I was at a company that was using digital to, actually change and elevate the the customer experience in the stores in the store environment you know um, earlier in my career uh, I had been working uh, you know for Disney and a bunch of other companies and digital was its own sort of siloed um, channel and experience uh, and then with the uh, advent of mobile devices and smartphones suddenly, you know, consumers were were carrying around these PCs in their pockets and using the PCs to kind of navigate actual, you know, physical environments and stores and whatnot. Um, and so one of the things that I think, um, well, became really obvious um, uh, at Starbucks was, you know, a key role that digital plays uh, in customer experience today is that actually when it's done well, it, it removes friction from the customer experience. So, so brands that do it well um, are essentially able to, to deliver a more human experience, if you will, um, because of digital, removing friction from the experience. So, for example, being able to order ahead, using your, your, your mobile app to order ahead, which means you don't have to stand in line anymore, which means you get a little bit of your time back, which means you know, a whole bunch of good things for customers. Similarly, um, with uh, one-click ordering through a mobile app, uh, getting rewards, getting a personalized loyalty experience that um, uh, used to take, you know, multiple hoops, multiple steps. You had to remember to bring your cart along with you, um, uh, and you know, tell the the person at the point of sale that you wanted to get earned points, and all of these things. That suddenly, all of that friction goes away, and customers are able to get a better experience more quickly um, with lower effort, yeah. which I think is um, has really started to accelerate now in the last few months because more and more brands have had to make this shift to to digital and are realizing, oh, wait, there are all of these benefits that we didn't realize that we can deliver to customers um, through digital channels. You know, yeah, it, oh, sorry, Alex, I was going to say, just, well, I want to ask and build upon something you both are saying that I hadn't, I hadn't ever thought of until you both just said what you said, which is that up until... COVID, up until this acceleration, this kind of new digital experience for customers, 
there was it, digital was about trying to meet the customers where they are. And, and that was about things like convenience. Um, mm -hmm. So Ben, what you just said is that, that made me think of that. But then Alex, when you said we all have to be, every company has to be a healthcare company. That's a really interesting statement because um, we used to say up, up until four or five months ago, every company has to be a tech company. Like when the three of us would get with, with brands and they say, what do we need to think? You'd say, you have to think like a tech company. You have to meet your customers where they are and, and understand that they have different need states and different in, in their convenience needs state. You're probably not uh, meeting, you know, you're, you're not thinking about the, the customer enough. Now it's almost like we've leapfrogged all of that. And everybody is like, yeah, of course, digital, of course, convenience. Um, and so where's the mind of the customer and the customer's mindset today is in a different place. They don't have sports. They, they have concerns about the virus. And, and so you as a brand want to think about getting into the mindset of the customer. You're going to have to get in. The, the customer's mindset is going to be in a different place fundamentally than it was six months ago. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that they need convenience more than ever, frankly, right now. It doesn't yeah. change those things. But I, I think that's interesting. I think that's so if you've got it. So if the customer mindset, the customer framework is different now. You know, the question is, you know, what, uh, you know, how does that listen? I mean, we could talk about some examples of how how we might see how we either are seeing or might see a company behave differently or engage differently using digital now than they would have been. I mean, do you guys have any thoughts on that? Yeah, well, um, yeah, I mean, I was just, this is a small example, but I, I think it's actually illustrative of, of these bigger macro trends that are happening. I was uh, in a small town um, east of Seattle, a few hours east of Seattle over the weekend, and there's a little uh, winery there that um, you could uh, you could order uh, meals ahead. Uh, you had to order ahead. And then you walked up and everybody had masks on. You walk up and you um, tell them who you are and they grab your order. And then you can go and sit on these um, picnic tables that are spread throughout the vineyard. It's a very cool experience. But um, the, the, the thing that struck me about that was this very low-tech operation at this winery uh, outside of the small town in on the eastern slope of the Cascade Mountains had suddenly made this leap to an entirely digital um, experience where uh, all of their customers were actually placing order orders ahead and um, you know fully integrated worked really really well uh, and and so I think again there are these like very simple, um, moments that um, lots of brands are able to find, even even small small businesses and, and restaurants in this case are able to find and create using digital. That um, I don't I don't see us going back from. I see that yeah. as being the kind of the new state of things that is going to. Um, remain in place well beyond when this uh, pandemic pandemic ends. Yeah. Um, so that's I, just one example. I agree. I mean, part of the huge shift, um, people working from home, we have become a global virtual community and that's a big change. And then for lots of 
parents, you also have had to do homeschooling sort of on top of that. So the, the idea of convenience or just, you know, it, it's sort of been up leveled completely. And so for someone like me, who's been digitally savvy for, <laughs> for a very long time, you know, this actually pushed me into automating pieces of my life that I wasn't taking mm -hmm. the time to. So like, for example, I love to linger around produce and pick <laughs> the, the exact perfect one I want. But right now I'm like all about Instacart and, you know, Amazon's app and the ability to just order very quickly, very conveniently, but also to connect with a person through that app. So, you know, when my shopper from, through Instacart is at Safeway or Costco and they don't have the product that I want. They can chat with me. They, I can suggest a replacement. You know, there wasn't something on the list that I know Costco sells and I message them, hey, please, please, please go grab that. So like the connection and the convenience is, is, is a big piece. But I think for me, the other thing was being able to sort of recognize that there are so many people you know, that are struggling with from an employment perspective, and especially in service industries. So when you look at an Instacart or, a you know, Grubhub or Uber Eats, any of those things, I don't, I don't know if others feel this way, but I love the opportunity to be able to, you know, actually tip and give compensation to people who are doing a really great service for our communities, and, you know, putting some level of risk out there. So I think, you know, for me, yeah. it's just, you know, Meeting the customers where they are, I think, can often translate to a tech, like a, a place and a device, you know, but right now I think it's, it is meeting people where they are from a need state and a mindset and a, you know, working together as sort of this global community. So I, so for me, I've loved automating these pieces of my life for many reasons. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a great kind of theme that's emerging from this conversation is like, we always talked for years as digital strategists about meeting the customer where they are from a from a need state, from a convenience, from a feature set, um, from the, the mindset. In that case, was in you know for the last fifteen years, I'll call it the mindset has been this growing mindset of um, mobile uh, technology uh, that I we've all gotten better and smarter and more sort of desirous of. Uh, our apps and we have our apps and we use our apps and we sort of have our lifestyle and it's becoming more immediate and more digital and more e-commerce and more, um, you know, highly streamed. And so those consumer brands that needed to meet their customers where they are, it was about meeting them. It was about, you know, Hey, get out there, get your digital flywheel together. Now it, it is more of a mindset. And I, that's interesting point about like, it reminds me, Alex, and Ben, you came along not that far after when, when I first started working at Starbucks, it was in the depths of the great recession. It was Starbucks. Yeah. I came mm -hmm. into Starbucks, Alex, you had been there. Mm -hmm. uh, I, Howard Schultz had come back as CEO for a, a little under a year when I got there and the company had just done a big layoff. It had closed a bunch of stores. It was negative. It was actually negative comping. It was, it was shrinking. The stock was at, you know, in today's split adjusted way, the stock was at $4 a share. And, um, and it was, uh, and th there was all this unemployment. And I remember Starbucks, everything that we did was about understanding, meeting the customers where they were emotionally at that point. It was, yeah. and what was Starbucks role, right? In that. Right. And so in, 
it's interesting to think about now, you know, the things that brands are going to do or should do, they, they have permission to do things that before would have been considered to be, um, I think, uh, either disrespectful or missing the, the mark. So for example, Ben, your the winery example, I mean, think about it pre pandemic that that would have been almost insulting to make somebody order ahead. It would have been, it would have felt, Oh yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like, and yet yeah. in here in this moment, that was a very good example of somebody who was actually meeting the customer where they, where they were and, and using digital in that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I think there are, you know, examples everywhere you look of that, where these businesses are very rapidly adapting um, yeah. to the, the new reality of, you know, contactless, you, you know, social distancing, um, emphasis on, on delivery and, and all of that and uh, are just are figuring it out. And another area where um, I think this is really where that the, the sort of earning the trust of a, of a customer and, and growing a relationship is, um, I mean, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Adam, the, the sort of craftsmanship that goes into some of the packaging and the way that certain brands are actually presenting or delivering um, uh, the order uh, in the case of, of restaurants. Again, I've, I've seen some very, you know, thoughtful, and this may sound like a, a little thing, but I, I, it's something that I think you notice that um, you don't get usually when you, you um, use one of the, the big third-party delivery uh, services, but you do get oftentimes um, or sometimes when you, when you uh, um, order directly from some of these restaurants, like the, they, are, they are putting thought and craft into not just uh, making the food, but also how it's presented and doing it in a way that works with you know, how consumers um, uh, are changing and, and the mindset uh, has changed. So um, it's another area where I just yeah. think you're starting to see brands really get it. I think, yeah, and I think early on, it was like sort of quick adjustments or pivots. You know, I think uh, if I think back to the early days of the pandemic, you know, something like uh, Epicurious did a really cool sort of pantry tool. You know, here's what I've got. What can I yeah. make with it? That's super, super useful from you know content and experience perspective. I think something like I think you guys probably have previously talked about Chipotle, but you know they were all about a fresh ingredient story and really shifted to delivery and contactless payment. You know, all of those things that can again address more of that that sort of mindset shift. But I think there yeah. will be a huge widening gap. You know, for those brands who don't. For you know those who deliver outstanding experiences and not new context and sort of in the new needs and attitudes and expectations versus those who only tweak or run old playbooks. Like this is a moment where every business leader marketer has to go. Whoa, okay, what where we've been, you know, <laughs> where where do we go from here and how do we really innovate? Because you know back in two thousand eight, I was like, oh, recession is a terrible thing to waste. These are actually opportunities for innovation and modernization and, and really moving us forward as sort of a global community. Uh, I think it's pretty, you know, obviously we're living in a pretty tough moment, but I also have a lot of uh, optimism and excitement for what can come out of it. Yeah. That, you know, it's, it's interesting because I was telling um, uh, a consumer a restaurant chain consumer brand the other day, and we were talking about, you know, what do we think the impact 
of being, you know, primarily digital now means, and I, I was saying to them, imagine, you know, the importance of the digital experience is, is at a whole other level because of where the customer is at. Because if you're, it used to be that you could walk into a store, whether it be a Starbucks or any store you know, or any restaurant, either one. And it, yes, the perfect situation was of a blend of digital and physical. We've known that for the last you know five, six years. But you have the physical. You have the physical. Now you you really don't have the physical, number one. I mean, you might, but you, you largely don't. And then secondly, I mean, in other words, if you're going to go eat at a restaurant right now, I know some of them are open, uh, but um, just the, the notion of like, you know, lingering in a restaurant for three hours, uh, you know, with loud drinking and talking. And one of my favorite things to do, you know, being with your family, being with your friends, having great service, that can still happen today. Don't get me wrong. If a restaurant's open, that can still happen. But that's not the – that is becoming like the exception, not the rule in the middle of the COVID experience. And so you've got this non-physical experience, primarily digital, out of store, out of restaurant. And and you mentioned packaging uh, a second ago. You know, I, I remember one of my favorite examples of just incredible digital and packaging. So I'll call it out of store experience stuff. It was a combination yeah. of physical and digital was Allbirds. When I ordered my first pair of Allbird shoes – First of all, the first thing I noticed is that the thank you email that I got back had this like cute graphics and I, it really made me connect with the brand. And then, and it really was cute. It's not one of my favorite words to use, but it actually was cute. It was like a little animal or something. And I think it was a sheep and it, it, and it sort of did this animation, but it wasn't trying to be too cute. It was just the right amount of sort of like, I was like, oh, that was sort of uplifting and Mm -hmm. interesting. And then when I got the actual package, of the, my Allbird shoes, as I was unbox, I didn't realize it was going to be an unboxing experience. Like, I was going to open it up, and there was going to be this whole moment of like the 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 cute little animal was going to be on the on the packaging, and I was going to open it up, and there was going to be some graphics, and so all of a sudden, what, what could have just been a shoes and a shoe box in a yeah. in a, a brown yeah. cardboard box became this digital physical packaging thing, and I I'm glad you brought that up, Ben and and, and Alex about like. You know, today I kind of need that as a customer. Like, yeah. I need it both from a health perspective, but I kind of need it from a mental health perspective. From an inspiring, yeah. yeah. One yeah. of my fa- one of my favorite personal experiences through this is, you know, obviously we're all spending so much time at home. I'm a huge plant lover, uh, and I've sort of always intended to get more and more plants. And you know, really, this has motivated me to to make the space what I, I want it to be. So, Bloomscapes is a is a company that I have been using and you can basically buy, you know, these live large potted pre-potted plants that come to you in this really cool packaged way, but also have the inserts, like you're saying, Adam, it's like connective language between the website and the ordering experience to these cards that I get that really actually bring to life the stories of these plants and how to care for them. And then you, you get these, you know, from an email perspective, I keep getting these great, content pieces that are about care and being a plant mom and you know like that are actually useful but the tone of voice is and is really threaded through the entire experience um and i just think it's an innovative idea very very timely you know and so it's that's been a very um joyous one for me because plants i think do bring a lot of joy and and uplifting in your environment yeah that's it's interesting so one 
when we were um, talking about this topic, the three of us, not on this podcast, but the other day, Alex, you brought up Peloton yeah. as a, another example of a company that um, yeah, you had a good recent digital experience with, but it was, you know, the high fiving. And <laughs> one of the things I'm thinking about and curious to get both of your perspective on this is the, 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 the scene that we kind of keep pulling this thread on is it used to be, I'll call it offline, online, combined digital experiences were like really important, but the offline typically was in the store, in the restaurant. And yeah. it, could be, it could be out of it as well, but the in-restaurant, in-store was so important. What we're talking about now would be Peloton or Allbirds or, um, you know, out on picnic tables or the plants you buy or how much time. It's, it's in your house. It's yeah. like outdoors. It's in your – it's interesting, right? The online-offline connection is still important, but it's just it, the mindset of the customer has shifted and the venue has kind of shifted, but it doesn't change the importance. I don't know if that makes any sense. It's an interesting yeah. concept to, to think yes. about like Peloton. I mean, Peloton, yeah. I mean, they have stores, they have pretty cool stores actually, but we, you know, it's not the yeah. Peloton store experience that you thought was interesting. It was right. the, it was like happening on a physical thing in your house, but also digital at the same time. Yeah. It, well, and I think, you know, just to talk about Peloton for a second, I think one, the ordering experience and the delivery and the, and even during a time of, you know, again, healthcare company, they were very clear about this is how we're going to deliver the product and what they can and can't do. But one of the things I love about the Peloton experience, you know, for, for uh, the bike is this very simple, I, sometimes the simplest ideas are the best. And the simple notion that you can high five other people who are either in the class you're in right then, or maybe a milestone. And just the, the joy that that little, uh, moment creates is is significant and you know when you think about their platform you know they have all sorts of programs that speak to sort of different needs but they really drive both a sense of community but a sense of values and I you know you guys heard me you know wax on about the importance of shared values between a brand and consumers and I think this is with you know put the overlay on what's going on, you know, in, in our country from a, you know, a race perspective and just civil rights. And, you know, you add that on top of the pandemic. And I think it, it means it's even more important for brands to step forward and take a stand. Uh, and you're seeing a lot of that. And you're seeing a lot of the top leaders doing that, whether it's communicating email or joining social. And I think that's really important because, you know, the values of the company and how they treat their people are, it's significant. It matters. And so when I look at, you know, Peloton and, you know, see the support and the extension of pride, for example, um, in a very authentic way and not a me too, I'm just joining this, you know, kind of moment, um, you know, or other places where they just feel very global and mm -hmm. fun and like a, you know, it's a, it's a great experience in, in my opinion. Those are great points. Ben, do you have any yeah. other examples you want to bring up or thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just reflecting on you know listening to Alex and and reflecting on it a bit. I think one of the one of the interesting angles on 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 the point you were making, Alex, is that um, there are there are many brands that I, I think struggle to some degree to really find the the way into certain conversations like. 
uh, around Pride or Black Lives Matter, and certainly, you know, lots of passionate people that that have strong beliefs and and want to do something um, to support, but but you know. Um, finding that uh, that fine line um, for brands that are uh, wanting to say something but not sure what to say or how to say it. Um, I think it's just it, I, I've seen over the last couple of months that sort of inaction and when it works, it works really, really well and and when um, when it doesn't uh, it doesn't work so well. Um, but I don't yeah. know if you what what your thoughts are in terms of how to, how how brands can sort of be authentic um, and know when when it's right to say something and maybe when it's when it's right to sit this one out. Yeah, I think that's a <laughs> that is a imp- very important point and and a tough line. I think you know you, authenticity is the key. I mean, really yeah. going back to the mission and values of the company. If you're not if it's not propped up in that regard, then you, it's an automatic miss, right? So if you have to have that really strong sense of sort of self and what service you're offering to your community and being able to talk from point of authenticity. Um, and again, I think sometimes just the simplest things are the best, a little not an email, not trying to just yeah. go crazy. And so really just, you know, one of the things I've always been very sensitive to, you know, thinking about the sort of customer journey and how we stitch it all together uh, you know, is, is really being respectful of the channel you're in. So don't join a social media channel and behave in a way that's actually not appropriate for that channel. And so I think right. that's just another layer to add on is you have to really think about the authenticity of the message coming from you. And, you know, is your house in order? And do you have the, the, mm-hmm. the place to, you know, the footing to stand on? But are you also being thoughtful about how and when you're delivering that message and not trying to overdo it, you know, or just, again, trying to find the right way to, we say meet the customer where they are, and that can be a challenge, but I just think it's a how and how you do that. Yeah, I think that's such a great point. I mean, authenticity is at the, at the heart of, I think, what makes many of the, the best known mm-hmm. and well-respected brands what they are um, yeah. is there's a certain level of just trust and and um, credibility that uh, they've established over long periods of time because they have been sort of consistent right. and authentic in terms of how they how they operate, how they make decisions, what the core values of the of the company are. And last last sort of thought on that is. Um, also, I think that oftentimes, especially for consumer brands with with you know employees that are connecting and communicating and serving customers, um, the 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 way that those employees actually engage with customers in mm-hmm. in stores and on the phone and through digital channels is also just it it is part of that same story, um, and. Uh, um, brands that do it well um it shows yeah yeah you and know, I, I love seeing how many brands are doing it right now because of i think the context we're in you know there's and frankly i think the demonstrations to be able to protest because so many people are home or out of work or what have you like i love to see the swell that's happening right now in yeah. my opinion for the right for the right reasons and yeah. i and that they're you know, we were at Starbucks, so we've always been sort of on front lines of social issues and, and, and 
you know, at times that worked really well. And at times we didn't have our house in order, but like that, that was always, I think in the DNA. Whereas I think today you're seeing so many more companies and brands taking that stand because it's just that important, right? It's just hit that apex. And if you're not standing up for this, then what are you, you know, doing? But I think you also brought up a term or a word, which is really important that I think both of you would have a strong opinion on, which is trust. And You know, I think every brand is having to address mistrust right now and regain and build trust with their customers. And, you know, and then you overlay something like, you know, Apple's iOS, you know, coming out that's that's going to not, you know, allow people to opt out of being tracked in apps. And what does that do then to the media market and how I can acquire customers? Like, you know, there, there are many privacy concerns. There's the health piece of it, but there's so much from in a trust space. I would love to hear, you know, sort of your thoughts on that. Yeah, I'll 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 go, Adam. Um, I think uh, you know uh, I spent a few years at at Amazon, and um, one of the things that uh, um, really I, I took away from that experience is. Um, you know, customer obsession, uh, Amazon has these leadership principles and customer obsession is sort of leadership principle number one. Um, and there's a fairly specific definition or description of what, what it means at Amazon. And, and essentially, you know, it's um, pay close attention to what uh, the, the customer problem is that you are trying to solve and you are empowered to solve that, solve that problem. Listen to customers, pay attention to what they're telling you, um, and and solve their problems. And as long as that is your North Star, chances are you're going to make the right decisions. And those decisions will lead to an increase in in trust with with customers because they're going to they're going to see your words in action, and they're going to believe that um, you as an individual and you as a company are are doing things with their best interests in mind. Um, to me, that is. That is the the secret ingredient um, for brands to establish that trust and maintain that trust over time is that sense of um, uh, connection with customer needs, customer problems, and and always kind of coming taking every conversation back to that central place. And that that's something that Starbucks um, is another great example of a very kind of customer obsessed, customer driven uh, brand and company. Um, and so to me, that's the, that's the key to, to trust. You know, uh, it's, it's a great topic or point to, to maybe wrap this conversation up on, which is, and bring it kind of full circle to how we started. If you're, if you're going to use digital to enhance and extend the customer relationship and to do that, you have to put the customer in the middle of your thinking and really start to start there where, where you got to meet the customer right. where they are mentally, not just physically. And, and today more than ever with digital being so important, but with the world being in a very different place, which means your customer's mindsets in a different place, the way that you, uh, the experiences you present to your customers, the way you talk to your customers are really the same thing. They, they, they are, um, you're creating an experience and you're creating a connection with your customers now 
through your words and through your experiences and through your features, less so through the actual in-store, in-restaurant experience. So they, they're, they're touching your product. They're, they're engaging with you as a brand, both in a different venue, a lot of times at home or outside, and, and a lot of times in a mindset that was different than it was before. So there's a, those are really interesting points that you guys were making throughout this last you know, 40 minutes or so about that. If you're a consumer brand or you're a marketer today, you really need to do that. And, if, and to your last point, if you're not coming from a perspective that is authentic um, and is integrity based, uh, for you as a brand. So, I mean, I, one of the examples I think about all the time is um, Nike is really interesting. You know, they, they, uh, I admire how they can evoke a certain feeling and a certain emotion when they uh, market to me, when they engage with me. And when it comes to certain things around social justice, competitiveness in the sports world, uh, you know, they, they show up. Um, and they, uh, they, they have their voice and they don't sort of, they, they don't, you know, they're, they're not, I don't consider them to be sort of all over the place. They've been fairly consistent. And I think that's important to building trust is that you're, you know, whatever your voice is, that it's authentic, it's integrity based and consistent. Um, even if the, even if the times have shifted, if the customer mindset has shifted, that doesn't mean like a, a brand is almost like a person. Yeah, you, know. you can't go wrong if you're being yourself in yeah. the yeah. most authentic and true way. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. So I think I think this is great. I mean, I um, man, I know we could keep going for a long time. <laughs> this is one of those conversations, though, that I think uh, would be good to build on Ben as we go yeah. through the podcast because I think we really have hit on something pretty interesting here as a as a theme to to build on. Yeah, I think just to to close on that, um, you know, we are we are living in in a time where there is an uh, just heightened sense of vulnerability. I think as individuals and and as communities, and having the ability to trust and believe in um, you know organizations and and you know putting my consumer hat on you know uh, and customer hat on and brands to kind of do the right thing and and um, do the right thing for me and and our community like it's it matters and I think there's greater awareness now than there ever has been um, or at least uh, in in recent times so this is a great uh, great topic and something uh, we definitely will. Uh, continue to, to discuss in subsequent episodes. Great. Well, thank you, Alex. Uh, Alex, you. thank you. Yeah. Thank you. We could go on for, for yes, another <laughs> uh, two, three hours on this. Uh, but thanks. Thanks. Uh, thanks for joining us. This has been great. So awesome. we are, uh, oh, sorry, Adam. I was no, just going to. Awesome. Um, yeah, let's wrap it up. Man. This has been great. Yeah. So uh, this has been great. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited about uh, our guest next week, Dominic Engels. He's the CEO of Stone Brewing, a great leader, great guy. And I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic conversation. So looking forward to that. All right. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on what Adam and Ben are building with their teams, visit brightloom.com and follow them on Twitter at Adam Brotman and at B Straley.